Welcome in to episode four of The Meltdown. I'm John Lunsford, joined by Tim Melton, Tyler Johns, and of course, the man, the myth, the legend, the one and only rock star. Two big boys in a tiny studio, teaching you and me about everything to know. It's time for Meltdown. It's the Meltdown. Coming for the Meltdown. You know it's the Meltdown. Let's start the show. Indeed, let's start the show. This is The Meltdown, presented by my bookie, broadcasting live from the Culver's studio on YouTube, Facebook, X, and Twitch. Uh, John went through the litany of our cast of characters. We appreciate Rockstar performing that lovely song intro for us. It really gets us started and gets me all jazzed up and ready to mm, go. Me too. You feel the same way, John? I do. Heck yeah, I'm ready. Let's do it. We appreciate our title sponsor. That is my bookie, John. Yeah, it is mybookie.ag. You can go there right now. Ton of hockey tonight. Was looking at those uh, lines here a little bit earlier. Love going there. Love playing the same game parlays. You can play there as well. Um, it's just so much fun to have on mybookie.ag. Use promo code next round when you go there to get a first deposit bonus. If you're just setting up your account, get a little extra love from us here uh, at Disrupt in the next round. Use code next round to get that first deposit bonus. And uh, they have a live. You know, you can go play blackjack, roulette. I've uh, had a whole big roulette discussion on uh, the next round today, Tim. You would have loved it, except for uh, they're making changes to roulette. I don't think anybody really likes adding more zeros to it. But, uh, yeah, uh, you can go play normal roulette with only two zeros on it, or you can even play European roulette with only one zero on it if you want to. But go to mybookie.ag, sign up, play sports, play casino, play slots, do whatever you want to. So much fun to be had right there. Mybookie.ag, use promo code next round. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with mybookie. We are in a spicy mood today. The spice must flow. And the secret to Culver's spicy buffalo chicken tenders is the seasoned breading. A flavorsome blend of chili peppers, paprika, and black pepper spices made with whole white meat chicken and begging to be dipped in your favorite sauce. Great Culver's people like Joe, Allie, or Matt would be happy to serve you at either the Culver's of Hoover or Culver's of Birmingham location. Check those out. Tell them the meltdown sent you. The spice must flow indeed. It's actually a really spicy day overall with Dune Part 2 opening up. Premiere day is here. A lot of people have already seen Dune Part 2, thanks to early fan screenings. And the word of mouth, John, has been nothing short of incredible. Uh, it's been a lot better than I thought it would be. We had the uh, the bet beforehand, and I'll give you credit, you won this one, but uh, we had the bet beforehand, hey, what will the Rotten Tomatoes score be? Now, the Rotten Tomatoes score does not mean what the grade is. But it is, uh, no, I, I got it wrong, I'm admitting. But I said, look, I thought it would it's be tough mid. tough for you. I can tell it's tough for you. I thought it would be mid to high 80s just mm-hmm. because I buy into this more than a lot of people do. And you're like, oh, no, it's going to crush it. It's going to be in the 90s. And it was in the 90s. No, no, it's 96 no, no. right no, no. now. I said it would be 95 or better, which is okay. really going out on a limb. And I actually think, last time I checked, was it 95? Is it going back up to 96? Uh, I don't Hit know. Hit the it, refresh It was button. 96. So let me look. But I'm just saying, I, I I appreciate John bringing this up, but I did call it perfectly that it would be 95% would be the Rotten Tomatoes score on Dune Part 2 based on early reaction I was seeing, and this was before a single review on there was logged. 
Uh, Rockstar, do you like games of competition like this that uh, turn into eventually an argument grudges that are held yeah. for years and then that the semantics of it no no i specifically <laughs> said I, I i rounded down just for you right. you're the ones that's rounding up no i like it's it's friendly that we start off in a uh spicy mood it, what's interesting is that dune is based on a spice i think it's sporty or it could be baby wow. you never know or scary my no, wife will love scary. that, that joke. One. my wife will love that joke Oh God! Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I don't know if that's a good disclaimer to have after a joke <laughs> is said, but it's the truth. By the way, my daughter said, "I, Dad, I, I just want to tell you, yesterday was a really good show." And I go, "Oh, thanks. What did you like? I like that Lion King made Luntz's list. <laughs> yeah. That was that was the big <laughs> takeaway. Yeah. I was like, thank you. All right, well, great. Uh, I am a little jealous um, with you having your most anticipated movie of the year happening right here tonight mm-hmm. in the month of February, technically. I mean, it's a March release, but the early previews are in February. My most anticipated movie of the year, Joker 2, comes out in October. Uh, I'm also uh, jealous that I wasn't able to really get into the first Dune movie, and I'm hoping that you'll pull back the curtain a little bit and tell us why Dune Part 2, which releases nationwide is your most anticipated movie of the year. So this is going to sound condescending. I don't know. I don't know what the the verbiage here, but I promise I'm not saying it as like an insult to people, but Denny Villeneuve does very smart sci-fi movies, very like he's calling us idiots, deep sci-fi movies. That's what he's doing. It's not about just explosions and stuff like And, you know, I'll compare it to Godzilla this past year. Sometimes you have some like Godzilla minus one, and then you have the American version that's just, I love to go see stuff get blown up, and that's all you really want to see. It's a thinking man's worm. It it is a thinking man's (laughs) worm. Um, (laughs) Beetlejuice is for dumb people. That's a dumb worm. Yeah. I I didn't say that either. What about Tremors? Tremors, yes. I like Tremors. Dune puts me to sleep. I don't know what it is, but I'm bored out of my mind. Give me Kevin Bacon and Reba McIntyre fighting off. A big sandworm mm. here in the States. That's what I want. That's America. And a little girl on a pogo stick. That's what I want. But anyway, I would say that about Arrival. I would somewhat Arrival say that about, about Blade Runner 2049. And I would say that about Dune as well. That it's just different. It, it, He's it, more of a dialogue guy. Yes. And it's one of those, like, if you... It would put some people to sleep, I think. And, and I'm willing to admit that it'll put some people to sleep. What did I, I call that. Dune today? I believe I labeled it as... Uh, Star Wars with zero fun or something like that. Yeah. I mean, you can have that opinion if you want to. But I, I hope to be blown away tonight. But I'm going in, when I made my list of most anticipated movies of the year, which is a thing that we did before we launched this, Dune is very low on my list because of that first experience with Dune. And I think part of that, John, is the fact that I watched it on HBO Max with that day-in-day release schedule that was a big failure strategically, cost HBO millions and millions of dollars, and created a artistic revolt that lost them Christopher Nolan and all of that as well. I just, it's hard for me to get hyped up for the second movie when the first one was such a snooze fest, in my opinion. Can I say something real quick? Yes. When the HBO Max released during COVID, when Dune came out, I remember seeing it. I remember my wife and I watching it, and I tried so hard. We'd get 30 minutes in, and I'd look over, and she's out. But then she'd wake up. She'd no, I'm really interested. So we'd watch it. It took us four or five days to finish it. And when the credits started rolling, my wife, poor Nancy, said, was that the last episode? (laughs) (laughs) 
is the is that is that it? And I Please was like, make it in. I was like, that was the last episode okay. of the the movie we Look, just watched. Now it looks like we're ganging up on John. Yeah. We're not trying I'm to used do to it. that. That's okay. That's a true story. Um, yeah. No. Look, it's. I really like it. I understand if people don't like it because it's different than a lot of space movies that are out there. Um, you know, and 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 he's ben trying ben, so hard not to call us idiots. Yeah. He's trying so hard to do this. Ben, Benjamin brings up how you know, Frank Herbert and what he did with the books a long time ago is something that a lot of people have drawn inspiration from. And I think that's where a lot of people come in. And I, I have not read the books, honestly, but the minute they announced this is going to be Denny Villeneuve's next project. And I know it's been kind of was in the works for him for a while that it's like, okay, I need to read up on this and find out all the lore and everything. I wasn't necessarily a dune person before that. Um, a lot of this has to do with him as the director that like anytime Nolan puts something out, you're going to be excited for it, regardless whether it ends up being good or not. And I was that, um, you know, the the cast that's in it, obviously incredible, um, and continues to be incredible in this one. But I think I just went in with the this is going to be really good, and I'm going to respect everything of this. And I did come out respecting every bit of it, and respecting some actors I didn't necessarily care for going into the movie. Um, I don't know. It's just everything about it's good. I like reading up on the lore of it and seeing what's going to happen in the future. Um, and it's also, you can kind of see, Hey, this is the inspiration for a lot of things we've seen in the space genre over time. We have a lot of your chats coming in and you can chat whether you're on YouTube or Facebook, Twitch, any of those platforms. Uh, we have Benjamin who says Lucas did steal a lot of stuff from Herbert talking about how, you know, Dune was a massive inspiration for star Wars, obviously, and Star Wars sort of took that ball and ran with it. And, you know, Dune has been a little bit more in the weeds for a lot of people. I keep hearing Dune is, you know, it's kind of like Star Wars. It's kind of like Game of Thrones. It's kind of like, you know, and I'm like, I'd rather watch Star Wars or Game of Thrones. I'm going to go in tonight with an open mind. Sounds I'm going like, to hope to be like blown it. away. Mm-hmm. I am. I'm looking forward <laughs> to it. It is the biggest movie release of the year, and I'm not denying that. By any means, we have people saying you should read the books instead. I'm like, I don't know if I have time to do that. If the movie bores me, I don't know. Will the books excite me a little bit more? And the you box, need to read all the books. You got to read all of it. them. Uh, the box office has been disastrous so far in 2024 with Argyle and Madam Web both missing their targets and flopping badly. But even though you have some movies that weren't projected to be big hits, like Ethan Cohen's Drive Away Dolls. It bombed this week, coming in eighth place in week one, two and a half million dollars. Lisa Frankenstein faded quickly, losing over 1,700 theaters this past weekend, fell out of the top 10 in week three. Nothing seems to be finding its legs so far at the box office. Theaters need a hit. John, they seem to be getting one this weekend. What will the Dune 2 box office be as analysts have set domestic over-under opening weekend numbers at around $80 million? We started talking about that before the show. I was going to say 85 was the number. You're going to take the over. Yeah, I'll take take the over of 80. um, You know, internationally, I'm sure it'll probably be about double that. um, But as far as as domestic, you know, it's not going to be what an Avengers movie would be. It's not going to be what a Star Wars movie would be or anything like that. But... um, you know, I, I would I would probably lean on slightly lean on the over. I know pre sales um, beat out movies like Oppenheimer, um, but like I said, it's not going to match those absolutely massive movies. But I think ultimately it would ultimately be successful financially. His movies, I feel like, are just successful enough 
financially to like keep going. That it's not gonna his movies aren't billion dollar movies. I don't think any of his movies have even come close to a billion dollars. No. But like they're just good enough to where it's like it gets the respect, it gets the award nominations. Denny Villeneuve's movies are just good enough, like you said, to where they don't really make a ton of money. But there's something there where it's like, oh, his next project's going to be the thing to take it to the next level. And Dune was supposed to be that, but the pandemic got in the way. And we've addressed that. This is the first fair shot that I think Denis Villeneuve has in having a huge smash hit. This is it. Because the word of mouth on this thing's only going to get better, it seems, over the course of the weekend. And word of mouth is what sells more tickets than anything these days. It's the best type of marketing that you can have when people are excited to tell other people about it. And right now, people are just losing their minds over this movie. It's supposed to be a transformative event, and I'm looking forward to our lives being transformed <laughs> later tonight. Tyler, I have a very important discussion to have with you, young man. You are seeing Dune Part 2 this evening. Are you excited? What's your level of expectation? Uh, so... In our bet that we had, I had Dune getting around 88 to 90%. Yeah. Um, I was very excited for the movie. I thought it was going to do better than the first one. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, because we're finally getting into the meat of the story. Uh, part one was primarily world building and setting up all the characters. AKA boring as everything. That's what you're trying to say. Uh, yes, I found the movie very interesting, <laughs> but I also fell asleep an hour and a half in and had to go back and watch it. I have to. Well, I, I can't help y'all. I don't know. Tyler gets bonus points if he's able to For secure. With you. No, if he's able to secure a Dune popcorn bucket tonight. Well, I was gonna ask, like, should somebody Herder. buy one and like put it right there so it's just like front and center? No, I want a full review tomorrow of the Dune popcorn bucket. But the question is. Do we put all of that stress and pressure on Tyler? I think we do. That's up to you, Tyler. If you don't want to do it, I'll do it. Uh, if they've got one at the theater I'm going to tonight, I will bring it home. I'll secure it for okay. the show. Will you make the deal that if Tyler is able to secure this, you will reimburse him for the popcorn bucket? Yes, not the popcorn. Just and the popcorn I want, bucket. I want video footage of you dipping your hand in it, pulling popcorn. <laughs> oh, I'll get some real suggestive videos with that bucket. That's going to be the perverse thing. <laughs> Okay. Just please put butter Guys, on Guys, that's what it's for. <laughs> We're putting your hands and get popcorn. Right. Okay. This is taking a turn. It's a smart one. Um, what's your all-time favorite <laughs> Denis Villeneuve-directed movie? We know I'm trying so hard to get this back on track. <sighs> we have uh, Johns, who's going with Blade Runner 2049 for Correct. sure. I am a big fan of Prisoners. That would be my choice. What is your choice, Rockstar? Do you need a list? Prisoners is great, and uh, I actually did. I don't think I'm lump with lumps for this. I loved Arrival. I thought it was, and people were so upset because there weren't explosions and aliens. But I thought yeah. that was a. But that's also a movie. I'm one of those guys that that who did the uh, uh, sound, sound not the soundtrack, but the um, the score, the score, the score, because it's just ominous tones. I don't remember their name, but it was fantastic. Because when they first arrived, the arrival of, through a helicopter, and they see the shape, or whatever, and the tones that he uses for that is so incredible. Like it's so simple, but it's so like what the way that Nolan did with Interstellar, the music they used where he's like, "Look, I want something that we don't usually do." So I would say Arrival, Prisoners made me super uncomfortable, uh, but that's a good thing. And then, uh, but yeah, Arrival, one hundred percent. You have a favorite uh, Denis Villeneuve movie? I'm going to need a, a list, to be honest with you. Okay, these are going to be the, the headliners. We've got Dune from 2021, Blade Runner 2049 from 2017, Arrival from 2016, Sicario from 2015, which I loved as well, 
Enemy, a movie I have not yet seen that John continues to tell me to please check out, came yes. out in 2013, and Prisoners also came out in 2013. And that's, that's another thing with Sicario. He did the same thing when the helicopter, they're going from the border from the U.S. to Mexico, and there's those haunting tones, the way he sets it's this. I think that's incredible. That's why I love him. Uh, gonna have to go with Dune. That's the only one I've seen. Okay, uh, well, there we have it. <laughs> been meaning to watch Sicario though. Uh, he, Tyler's favorite movie is the one that bored him to death. There, in Dune. <laughs> well, who did? Who did choice. the Sicario too? The Day of Soldado. I never. Saw I it. it was not him. It was yeah. not him. But I, I, I did not see that one actually. I, I love the original Sicario. Was so good, but I had no interest in seeing a sequel. Yeah. Because it's Dune two day, Luntz's list is going to take a look at the cast. Of the first two movies, I will give you the topic here in just a little bit, but one topic of discussion that we've been having around the office is, John, how well you're doing on Way to Wellness. I am. I just had a bar right before we started, thanks to Way to Wellness, uh, keeping me on track there and uh, you know eating what I'm supposed to eat with it, and uh, I'm so close to 40 pounds. I, I, I inched ever so slightly there uh, today, and I'm, I'm really close to be there by the end of the week, um, as long as I keep things on track, but they're doing a good job helping me. Uh, stay on track there. Go to a planforme.com and you can learn everything about way to wellness. Leslie and her team have done a great job with me. They've done a great job with uh, Jim Dunaway from the next round. They've done a great job with my dad too. So it's even a, a family affair going to way to wellness and getting them to help us out. So a planforme.com is where you go and you can learn, learn all about way to wellness and everything they've done for me, Jim, my, my dad, and uh, everybody else that's gone through that program. We have Chase who writes in and says, I still haven't watched the first Dune. Chase, I don't feel like you're missing much unless Dune 2 is incredible and then you need to watch the first one, which could happen after tonight. We will be shooting a out-of-the-theater reaction video of exactly our thoughts right out of the theater after having seen it. It'll be about two minutes long. You'll see it on YouTube or whatever social media platform that you frequent. I promise you that. Give us a follow. Where can people check out all of our content, John? They can check it out anywhere on social media at Meltdown247, Meltdown247.com as well. But uh, all of our accounts are all the same. When we shoot our reaction, I'll make sure to post it on as many of those platforms as humanly possible uh, until my phone dies. But, yeah, we'll put it on TikTok, we'll put it on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and then, of course, YouTube as well uh, where you're watching this. Uh, most of you are watching this, Meltdown247. John has been tasked today with naming the five Dune actors or actresses that he's the most invested in. That is the list. One thing I will give Dune and its sequel credit for, not even having seen the sequel yet, is that it has a star-studded cast. It has a wonderful ensemble. There's a little bit of everything in there for everybody. And I think it's time now, Rockstar, to get to the list. What is this? What is this? Dance is this? What is this? Oh, what is this? Dance is this? What is this? Dance is this? Oh, Lance is least to five. Oh, Lance is least to five. You know it. Lance is least to five. Oh, yeah. Lance is least to five. John, how difficult of a list was this to put together? So it was difficult because, A, like you said, tons of people in it that you could have chosen a lot of it and taken a lot of different angles based on your personal ideas. Like my five is probably not even close to your five, not even close to anybody else's five. But also, the way here's the thing with Luntz's list that always gets me. You always phrase it in a certain way that it's never just what's your five best X or what's the five worst Y. You know, it's, it's who are the uh, the five actors and actresses from both part one and two combined that I'm most invested in. So when I say that, 
I think it's about finding balance with all of these people when it comes to their age, because, Mm -hmm. you know, somebody who's super old coming in, there's a lot of older, you know, royalty people in movies like this, that there's not a lot of future necessarily an incredible past, but there's not a lot of future to necessarily invest into what's going to happen moving forward. Um, You also have to, you know, how much do I like them kind of coupled with what their age is and what their career trajectory tends to be. And then of course, off the screen stuff, I may love them on screen, but plenty of people, especially in Hollywood have a lot of issues off screen that could potentially hinder them from growing the career the way I may would want it to be. You you're trying to pick people that are the furthest away from their ceiling that you genuinely enjoy. And it's not an easy task, but we're going to get to it. Let's start off. There's people that I know I probably need to invest in too, as opposed to just wanting to invest in like, some people's like, well, I can't leave this person off. Maybe I'm not as invested. But like, I understand this person's going to be huge that I'm going to invest more time into seeing their filmography, learning more about them too. Let's start with number five. We're going to go up to the big board here and get this name up there in the five spot. What's tough about this list is not just who makes the cut, but who doesn't make the cut. Who do you leave off and what type of arguments will you get from the panel here and from the chat? You guys weigh in. And let us know. All right, number five. Oh, Dave Bautista. I was actually thinking that he would be higher on Luntz's list. I really thought he would be maybe in the three spot. But at number five, this he is... He doesn't use the U in his WWE name. Sorry, I feel like yeah. I have to... You're, you're, you're going with full uh, wrestler Bautista yeah. here. Uh, this is an interesting selection because I fully expected this was the one that I fully expected to make the list because I know you're a big fan. I am as well, but I'm surprised at the number five spot. Is it just an age thing? Are you age discriminating against Batista? It is part of it. Honestly, he's older than I thought he was. And I, I mean, I know he was wrestling, you know, back in, you know, I guess he came in during the attitude era, uh, to WWE and was evolution and all that. That was early two thousands to, you know, around mid two thousands, whatever, but anyway, or the ruthless aggression era, but that's it's, he has a good filmography so far. He was huge in guardians, uh, Drax. I feel like kind of became one of those perfect humor characters. The kind of the dry humor hit with everybody. Everybody enjoyed him. Um, you know, Blade Runner 2049 for me is where it really turned up from. It's just a wrestler playing a superhero, which you could throw a lot of people in. John Cena's done it. The rocks done it. A lot of people have done it, but, uh, triple H did it, I guess in blade, but like, Blade Runner 2049 then took it to the next level. He's only in the movie for like five minutes, but it's like, to me, it's an Academy Award performance that he gives. It's just very limited to where it's like, you can't really do much with it from that perspective. Um, And then after that, I think kind of turning his career into like, Hey, he's pretty good in most of the stuff that he does. And he's the heat. Here's the problem. A lot of these people fall into the trap of like, the tooth fairy or the pacifier, those kind of movies that like the rock and Vin Diesel, these bigger guys fall into where it's like, Oh, it's funny. If they do a kid's movie, don't care about that kind of stuff. He's done it too. But then when you'd go on the opposite of end, end of that, and it's not my kind of movie and I still haven't seen it, but I know army of the dead was super well received. I loved it by a lot of people. And, and he's obviously one of the, I guess he's is he the main person in that. He is the main person in that um, Netflix Dune, movie. Dune, obviously uh, coming out back when it did knock at the cabin, Overall, I liked and I really liked his performance. The movie itself, the movie. within my Shyamalan, there's plenty of things you can point and be like, "Yeah, I don't, did you I don't ever like see that. Stuber? I never saw Stuber. That's him and Kamel Nanjiani. Correct. Yeah, I never saw that one because once again, it looks like a stupid kind of comedy it that it's just not. Kamel Nanjiani's good in small doses and good in certain things, but overall, he's not my favorite. But um, 
No, I just think he's he's on the right track, but he's much older to where it's like he's on the right track. What kind of when are we going to get to where he's playing old roles? Like what Christopher Walken's doing in this movie or something like that. Like there's certain people that they're just older and they wow, just have very limited he? roles. He's 55. Wow. I know. See, well, you I wouldn't think that. I would think like late 40s. But when it's like, oh, he's about to hit his late 50, yeah. that's that's a different story. Did you bring up Glass Onion with him being in there? Glass Onion too. Yeah. yeah. I'm not huge on the Nightshot movies, but I mean, he's good in most of the things I watch. But there's a lot of movies he's in that it's like, nah, I don't really care about seeing yeah. that movie necessarily. Well, I, I just recently watched Knock at the Cabin. And while the movie is solid, it's not one that has you thinking about it long term. And I thought it would be a think piece where it's like a discussion piece, like, oh my gosh, what would you do? And all this stuff. And it really doesn't lead to a lot of questions that you have after. It's pretty much a straightforward, we're just going to tell you the story. And when it's done, but you not can his stop fault. thinking about it. It's, not his fault. He gave a great performance, yeah. think, a tremendous performance. I think that's the first, I was telling John earlier, I think that's the first movie I've seen in the trailer where the movie begins exactly where the trailer begins. Like yeah. that first scene is the first scene you see in the trailer. It's like mm-hmm. it, it, it just starts. There's no buildup. It starts. And uh, I had a lot of potential. He was great in it. Uh, what's uh, Harry Potter? Uh, Ron. Weasley. Uh, Weasley was, uh, Weasley was Rupert, good. Yeah. Rupert Grant. He was interesting yeah. as a crazy man, but like it, it's a great story that just didn't really go anywhere. Right. It didn't go many places, but – uh, it was a solid base hit, in my yeah. opinion, especially for an M Night movie. That you know, with him, he's either very he's on fire yes. or he's ice cold. Well, because there's expectations. The expectations are it should be six cents every movie. Yeah. I mean, like in, yeah. you can only you can only fall. Hard thing to live up to. Yeah, I mean, he was basically slapped on the cover of every magazine yeah. saying this is the next guy, and then he had to live up to that reputation. And it's a tough it's, thing. And now it's uh, Jordan Peele. Yeah, everybody has yeah. to be a hit, and I'm not a big fan. Go ahead. Okay. We'll get into that another time. That's a whole other we'll discussion. Get into that another time. That's going to take us down a whole other rabbit hole. All right, let's move on All to right. number four. These are the five actors or actresses within Dune Part One or Dune Part Two that John has bought the most stock of and is expecting great things from. Dave Bautista is at the number five spot. Number four. Oh, this has caused some friction on the next round, this name right here. I'm not sure if we're allowed to bring that up. Are we allowed to bring up that this name has caused a little bit of friction on the next round? Sure, why not? Zendaya. I know you are a big fan of Euphoria. You kind of jumped on that bandwagon maybe a little bit later than everybody else, but once you were on, you were hooked. It's a really high-quality production for sure from HBO. Um, I know Challengers is a movie that Zendaya has coming out that you're very excited for. Yep. Uh, Zendaya is obviously dating Tom Holland, which is keeping her in the headlines all the time. Why does Zendaya make the number four spot? So Zendaya is one that coming in when you first gave me this list, it's like, okay, do I put Zendaya one? Do I put Zendaya two? Do I drop it down to three? And then she ended up down at four. Kind of the same thing with, with uh, Batista too, but surprisingly a small filmography, honestly, from her. I mean, she's only 27, so I'm not saying like, oh, she's lived this whole life. That How does she only have X amount of films? But, um, you know, I feel like she's been all over the place the last five or six years. Euphoria has a lot to do with that. Spider-Man has a lot to do with that. Dune has a little bit to do with that, just the talking leading up to the first movie, even though she's really not in the first movie a ton. Um, I like The Greatest Showman, which was one of her first big movies uh, that she did there with uh, uh, Hugh Jackman, Zach Efron, good cast in that one. Also Rebecca Ferguson as well in that one. Um, but for me, I honestly think she's going to back off a little bit 
it seems like the Tom Holland thing, and I never really, really, really realized it, but my wife started showing me. She is all about Tom Holland, and every little press thing she could possibly do is all about, I don't want to talk about me. I want to talk about Tom Holland. I want to talk about what he's doing. I want to, uh, Hey, which one of your co-stars do you think is the cutest? Tom Holland. He's not in the movie, but he's my boyfriend, so I'm going to say that. Like, And my wife pointed out, and I think it's a fair point, that like if after the Dune train finishes, because there's likely going to be a third movie after this, then she's going to back off, get married, start a family. Like I can see that happening to where – just in terms of investing in the future, number of movies, number of big roles or whatever, she's obviously incredible in Euphoria and has won multiple Emmys for it. But I'm just curious what that act- what her future actually looks like because I don't, I don't know if any of us can really project past challengers and whatever Dune she does, what that actually looks like for her. Zendaya, not making really the rounds on children's cartoons, which is sort of where your world is. Right now, no, I did see the premiere outfit she wore. That was kind of cool. It's kind of robotic. Yeah, yeah uh, very yeah, revealing was, robotic. It was interesting. Uh, and I have never seen an episode of Euphoria. Uh, I, I, I'm trying to think. I think I've seen one of the Tom Holland Spider-Man movies. The which Michael Keaton with the Homecoming. Homecoming. Yep. I've seen the first Homecoming. one. I thought it was a good movie. I just haven't seen the other 16 that they've done. Um, but yeah, she's a, she's a pretty girl too. The reason that Zendaya was a little bit of controversy on the next round because the question was asked, who's the bigger star, Zendaya or Adele? And Lance was pretty adamant that it was Adele, and you were pretty adamant it was Zendaya. And I Just believe Amber. Zendaya is the correct answer currently right now as we speak. It's not a landslide, though, because all the stuff with Adele in Vegas and stuff like that, I mean, that the demand for to see Adele in Vegas was such a – that was a massive story for two weeks – can Zendaya do something like that? I mean, with her music, no, but she's kind of left that behind. I, I feel like but she more people would go see her in a movie than would go see Adele. Because you can give more in, access. In, in concert. I mean, that's, it's, it's hard to make a comparison. To, you have a more comparison access like to that. a movie than a concert. But it's the hype would be more, I feel like, for Zendaya. Okay. It was an intense discussion. Oh, I know. We, I've, I've been sure. there. We get a lot of those intense <laughs> conversations. <laughs> it happens. All right, we're going to continue on with Luntz's list, going to that number three spot of the five actors or actresses that you're buying up all the stock for. Whether you're buying or selling your home, you can contact realtor Jim Wilson with Location Real Estate at 205-329-4758 or visit jimwilson.locationre.com. Jim, active with the U.S. military, dedicated to everything he does and will work hard on your behalf to make sure that you are satisfied He loves being transparent with his clients. He loves being able to give you all the latest information about that buying or selling process. And you can trust Jim Wilson there with Location Real Estate at 205-329-4758 or jimwilson.locationre.com. That is location with a K. All right, number three, Timothy Chalamet is the way I pronounce it. I know that everyone pronounces it a little bit different, but there's so many different difficult names these days. Timothy Chalamet is at the number three spot, which actually seems like it may be a little bit off for me because I cannot predict who you have in the one and two because I actually thought that would be your your one and two and three right there. I thought it'd be in that order. One, two, three. <laughs> and you've got two more spots. What's going on here? Why um, Timothy Chalamet at number three, who's easily the uh, the star of the Dune series thus far. He is, he is definitely the main character in this. Um, Zendaya will start shifting more into the main character, I think. But um, first, I guess first time I saw him was Interstellar when he was uh, the younger Casey Affleck. 
Is that who he was in, in Interstellar? Yeah, that he's, is he's correct. A younger, younger Casey Affleck. Um, so actually starting in a Nolan film. Had a bad cough. Um, yeah, Call Me By Your Name, though, when that came out, it was it's one of the best movies I've ever seen. I loved it. It was my favorite of that year. Um, he did that and Lady Bird in the same year, which Lady Bird got tons of acclaim. He didn't necessarily for that movie, but overall the movie did. Um, followed it up with a good performance in Beautiful Boy, then Little Women. I mean, he he's had a lot of hits, and there's a reason he was selected to be the, the main guy here. For whatever reason, I have tried to. I have actually been to the theater to see Wonka and still haven't seen Wonka. I have done everything in the world to try to watch that movie, and every time I do, something gets in the way. It's crazy, and it's been like That's probably a good thing. This whole saga now of why how I haven't seen Wonka yet. It's, one of, it's pretty much the only movie I haven't seen from last year. Uh, big movie that I still need to see. However, part of the reason he went down is because he's dating a Kardashian now. That seems to be a death sentence for a lot of people when they start uh, hooking up with the Kardashian you, clan. That is a Laurel line, if I've ever heard it. That, but look, but but be tell, honest, tell, Laurel, Laurel gave you that line. She does, and I okay. said I watch the Kardashians all the time because of her. But oh, wow. <laughs> name somebody who's dated a Kardashian who's doing good right now. Timothy Chalamet would be my answer. It's, he just started though. <laughs> Travis Barker's okay. Yeah. Travis he, Barker, he, he's with, doing all right. He got the skin grafts. He's okay, but he's okay. And but and they're touring right now. They are, but it's just different with him, it seems like. And I feel like there's a lot more he could be doing if it weren't not for that. Now, he's doing okay, but, I mean, let's talk about Kanye. Let's talk about all the basketball players. So we have to name the answers that we know are traps. I mean, mean, everybody, everybody. But uh, we'll see what happens with that. Hadn't been going on for long, but he is dating a Kardashian now. Jenner, I I guess. This is a weird thing I do uh, with Timothy Chalamet whenever I see him. I think he is Finn Wolfhard's more attractive brother. Uh, I, I mean, I see it a little bit. Like, like we have my—that's my brother. That's, he's the cute one. Here's here's the thing: Finn Wolfhard has grown up and isn't the cute little kid anymore from Stranger know. Things. And he's, he's a Ghostbuster. Yeah. He's run. I think his his career is running out because that's yeah. what he played for a long time, even in movies. But Timothy Chalamet now, you can tell. I mean, he's he's twenty eight, but you can tell he's getting older looking. Yeah, because he still kind of had that boyish charm i guess for a little bit that i am curious how that ultimately ends up impacting his career moving forward because watching him do promotion for this you see a few pictures is like it's not quite the same i remember from call me by your name it's not quite the same i remember when he was you know playing this role but it's going to be a leonardo dicaprio type of thing where he's going bad teeth and do scorsese movies he's going to end up becoming i think the guy in hollywood um, I, Could be. I, I'm buying up all the stock I can. Could be. I mean, he's number three. It's not like, I mean, the of all the people. The performance that really sold me on him was Beautiful Boy. Beautiful Boy? With Steve Carell. It's yeah. good one. And I think that movie's highly underrated. Nobody really talks about it, but uh, it's really good dealing with addiction and trying to save a family member from going down that path when you really don't have any answers beautiful boys a movie i highly recommend all right let's go to number two on luntz's list i have no idea where this is going because that was genuinely where i thought the top three would be those three names right there number two some are recommending that christopher walken be number one on the list and i don't think that's going to be happening i think (laughs) you know all right oh gosh I was hoping this wouldn't happen. He's got Oscar in his name. I am not an Oscar Isaac fan. I have 25 movies in my greatest of all time. He is in three of them. Um, he is 44 years old. Actually, not as old as I thought he was. Um, I think he has room to keep growing. I think he will one day win an Oscar. And 
surprisingly enough, I found him through Sucker Punch, which is <laughs> what people consider a terrible movie. I actually liked it. I think it's underrated. Uh, I think it's underrated, too. He's the bad guy in that. Um, was in Drive later that year, which I actually just watched for the first time uh, a few months ago. I enjoyed that. Um, is he the but, only guy that's in both Star Wars and Dune? The only actor or actress that's in both? Off the top of my head, yes. Okay. Um, but then Inside Lewin Davis is one of my favorite films of all time. Um, Coen Brothers movie, Tim, Justin Timberlake, Carrie Mulligan, Adam Driver, got an incredible cast in it. Um, Garrett Hedlund, John Goodman. But he plays a struggling musician. That one is really, really good. Um, right after that, he did Ex Machina. And then Force Awakens in the same year. Um, you know, he's had some bad movies, but Annihilation I really liked. Um, <sighs> Great book. I'm I like, sorry, I John. Like, I like the film. movie. I like Moon Knight. Probably my third favorite MCU show behind Loki and Falcon and Winter Soldier. Um, and did you then see the card counter? Did you see that movie? I did. It was a bad one. Ugh. Then um, he's also going to be Dr. Frankenstein in, the, in Del Toro's new Frankenstein, too. So um, he has a good path ahead of him because Moon Knight, I would assume, will continue to be used in uh, the MCU. And like I said, of uh, the 25 films I have considered best of all time, he's in three of them. I don't have much to add here. I'm not a fan. Not a fan. Oscar Isaac reminds me of someone in my life that uh, we just we didn't get along. It's as simple as that. We didn't get along. And he reminds me as a dead ringer of that person. I would like to hear about and that. And then I, I always try to give Oscar Isaac, you know, uh, the benefit of the doubt. Doesn't seem like you're doing it right now. I'm not. Nope. I'm not. I've okay. sold all of my Oscar Isaac stock. All of it. Well, he's only number two, so. So I can't do anything to add any. Have you seen Inside Lewin Davis? I have not. Incredible movie. Did you see Annihilation? Uh, yeah. Um, did you see? Yeah. I did see Annihilation after you raved about it. Ugh. Yeah. Have you seen Sucker Punch? Uh, I have seen Sucker Punch. It's a great still image movie. If you were just to take certain images out of it, it's great. Uh, I said the same thing for every Zack Snyder movie. It's okay. like, it looks pretty good. Let's go to number one on Lens's list. I have a feeling you will redeem yourself somehow, some way. I have no idea where you're going because I didn't think Oscar Isaac would trump the other three. But that has happened. I will get over it. Zach says, whoa, Card Counter was a great Schrader movie. No, it was not. <laughs> that's my opinion but that was a torturous movie to sit through and it is a movie oh. that features torture and at number one is Florence Pugh so my first impression from her was Fighting With My Family where she played Paige um, movie was okay it got rave reviews but I thought it was just okay but I thought she was good in it my biggest problem with that was Vince Vaughn not her um same year she had Midsummer, which I absolutely did not want to watch, but all of y'all talked about it. And my wife was like, please just sit down and watch it. And I watched it. She was like, don't worry, darling. It's going to be fine. <laughs> I was all false getting to that next. Anyway. Oh, okay. Just haven't hung it up yet, but pulled there that from uh, Poker Room there. Thought? John championing a horror movie. Well, it's not really horror. It's more artistic, <laughs> and I like it for its visual elements. No, it's a horror movie. It's horror. I never said ahead. it wasn't horror. Just go ahead and say it. Just I never said it wasn't horror. It is Talk horror. about how big of a horror movie fan you are. No. I have to really emphasize all the R's in horror. Yeah. Um, here's the other thing. I wouldn't say she's my favorite one from the list, but she is one that has the biggest upside. She will win an Oscar. She is now Black Widow in the MCU. Um, 
movies, she does movies like Don't Worry Darling that weren't necessarily great. I didn't like the movie, but it was a social moment in time that she could do movies like that. Um, and of course, back to back Oppenheimer and Dune. So she's in what's going to be Best Picture winner, uh, you know, the Oscars coming up. And then a movie that could have fought Oppenheimer for Best Picture had it come out last year. We'll see what happens this year, but um, with Dune. So, by the way, also two of these people in The Boy and the Hair, and I don't want it to win uh, Best Animated Film. I want Spider-Man in, uh, Across the Spider-Verse to win, but Florence Pugh in The Boy and the Heron, Batista in The Boy and the Heron as well. we got to talk about this list for who's not on it because there's one name that should be on this list that you do not have on this list for sure. Do you, you want to know who number six is? I imagine that's it. Who is number six? Austin Butler. That is correct. Austin Butler should have been on this list, and I don't know why Austin Butler was not on this list because that kid can act. And he's he done. is going to do incredible things. And if you're buying up stock, buy all the stock you can in Austin Butler, who played Elvis in the movie with the same name. And he has done that. And he's going he's in to, Dune. But we've already seen <laughs> shades of what he's going to be doing coming up, including the bike riders, which, which I'm looking forward to seeing is relaunching its marketing campaign. Another trailer for the bike riders dropped today. It's a Jeff Nichols period piece about a Midwestern motorcycle club starring Jody Comer, Austin Butler, and Tom Hardy. It's one of my most anticipated of the year. It opens in theaters June 21st, and its original release was affected by the SAG after strike. Yeah. But this is a movie set in Chicago in 1965. It gives me a Goodfellas meets The Outsiders meets Crybaby meets wild hogs that's what i'm getting out of this wild hogs well, <laughs> you, you just took a sledgehammer to the hype for it by saying wild hogs i'm excited about this movie and but here's I think my thing austin butler is going to be a huge star he already is a budding star he's going to be even bigger and i cannot believe he's not on your list he had one role big role it was good look I, I, it was good nominated he, did, he, for des- an Oscar. he deserved to be nominated for an oscar he deserved to be beat by brendan fraser but he deserved to be nominated for an oscar but that is it. Now, I'm looking forward to the bike riders. I think it looks good. But here's my thing with Austin Butler. My butt got in the seat to see Elvis because I'm not a big Baz Luhrmann guy because of Tom Hanks, who Just made, you're not one, a big Elvis guy who made number one, two, and three on my lunches list yeah. yesterday. So Tom Hanks is the one that got me in the seat there, not Austin Butler and his portrayal. I said he's good. You're rolling your eyes. I said he's good. I said he deserved to be nominated for an Oscar. I, when, if the bike riders had Austin Butler and a bunch of no names, zero interest. But seeing other people in it, including Tom Hardy, who overall I like, then that makes me more interested in it. He was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Never mentioned that. He was uh, part of the crew that was sent to kill Sharon Tate. Or did they? And he, he's done stuff. He was I actually remember him from Nickelodeon back in the day. But overall, I'm not sold that he's going to be the thing. Because there's a lot of people that you could say, oh, they're going to be mm. the thing. And then they disappear. And so I'm just not sold yet. He's my first one off the list. There's multiple people off the list that I think you could say are going to be the next big thing. It is called Luntz's list for a reason, but it's an abomination that you don't have Austin Butler on this list. That's just my opinion, and I'm so sorry to share that with you. Austin but Butler, at best, is fourth. At best, is fourth behind Florence Pugh, Timothy Chalamet, and Zendaya. I understand if you don't want Oscar Isaac Oscar on Isaac is dead weight on this list. And Not for me. Austin Butler should have been there. Nope. That's all I will say. Nope. We're having a nerd battle right now. Uh, let's see. We've got some of your chat coming in here. We have Richard that says Luntz being coached by his wife on the list. It seems, did she do your homework for you? Yeah. But 
then you have his wife Laurel say, "Richard, I would have included Austin Butler, but that's just me." No, she fights for Austin you Butler. Should have listened Not to Laurel. I mean, on this. she fights for for a lot of these people, but I mean, she is a hundred percent. When I told her the list, she's like, "Well, Austin Butler's number one." And yeah. I'm like, "No, he's not." G. Kerbo says, "Is Tom Hanks the best actor of all time?" According to John Lunsford, over the past four days, yes. Of all time, yes. Right, the second no, but of all time, yes. Yeah. Uh, all right. It's hard to argue against that. No, I agree. Like. He went on a great run that was that will be unmatched. The The greatest greatest run, run. it will be unmatched. Okay, but he's he's Tom Hanks. We love him because he's Tom Hanks. There's there's difference between greatest actor and most versatile actor. Like Daniel Day Lewis is versatile, but like he's a better actor than Tom Hanks. But I'm not going to see every Daniel Day Lewis. I'm going to be honest. You want a lot of snooze fest? It's not not against him as an act actor, but a lot of his movies, it's like correct because he's so artsy. Yeah, he is. And Tom Hanks is like, I'll do, I'll do comedies, I'll do whatever. Daniel Day Lewis isn't one. I'm, I won't do slapstick. You're Has up. he ever tried? He retired, didn't he? He did, but yeah. I don't know if he ever did any comedies no. like back in the day before he became. My left foot wasn't that funny. The male Meryl Streep. <laughs> yeah. All right, that's Lunch's list. Thank you, John, for putting that out there. Somehow, I'm less excited now for Dune than I even was before. And everybody said Christopher Walken. You can't put Christopher Walken on this list. No, you can't yeah, put Christopher Walken I mean, on this list. Unless you got another music Christopher video Christopher Barely Walken. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh. Yeah. Uh, did you hear, by the way, that we're getting new AMC Nicole Kidman? I did. Uh, and what, what would they be called? They wouldn't be called advertisements. Um, Pre-rolls? What would they be? Yeah. Uh, Promos? Just AMC, uh, AMC before the movie videos. Heartbreak feels good in a place like this. Those videos. Yeah. And we're getting... It's been the same for two, three years now. Three new ones. Hell yeah. And they're going to rotate them to where you don't know what you're going to get. And I think it's time. They originally tried to pull the Nicole Kidman ad at one point, And they had to put it back in because so many people were upset and heartbroken that it had been taken away. So now they're doing alternate versions of it. They're going to throw three different versions in there. I salute it. I take off my hat uh, as if it's the anthem being played before a sporting event, and I say the words out loud with my hand over my heart. Do you feel that same way, Tyler? Uh, I do not. This whole time I was wondering, I'm just like, do you tonight. guys actually like the the heartbreak feels good in a place like I this? Go I'm going to look over tonight and see Tim standing up with it. I better see you with your hat off standing there oh, like yeah. the Pledge of Allegiance. I don't Pledge stand, but. The National Anthem, yeah. yeah. I don't want to block the people behind me from seeing pure excellence on the screen with Nicole Kidman. Speech. I'm going to need video evidence of this, too. I'll be honest. I'll do it. I, wouldn't, I, I wouldn't have cared about changing the base video if for massive event movies they changed it. So like when Oppenheimer and Barbie came out, they show f- like four movies during that. Yeah. If you did before both of those movies coming out on the same day, changed it to like two Barbie, two Oppenheimer kind of things. I think that would have been cool. I think the week before for mission impossible, like a, Hey, even they even put mission impossible here. It's a Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman thing. There's certain times where I thought, cause I kind of thought, Hey, if there's ever a time to do it, I honestly think now's the time because imagine when people are like, Whoa, that's a Tom Cruise movie. That isn't this Nicole Kidman advertisement. But I kind of wish they would have done that as opposed to we're just going to make another one that's just going to you're going to get tired of eventually. I mean, there's three of them, but you're going to get tired of all of them because we go see enough movies. I guess the average person doesn't. I'll go really nerdy here. I was in a Batman fan group Facebook page, and I posted after The Flash came out, did anybody catch the Dr. Chase Meridian cameo? Which, if you remember, she played Dr. Chase Meridian in the movie Batman Forever, and I posted a screenshot of her in the AMC ad, 
And some people didn't get the joke and they were very angry. They were like, I've got to go back and watch this. Where's Dr. Chase Meridian? And then other people were in on the joke. And now I feel awful about even telling the story. I thought I was nerdy. Yep. That was pretty bad. Big Batman fan. Let's talk about Richard Lewis, the comedian and actor known for his roles on the HBO comedy Curb Your Enthusiasm. And in the film Robin Hood, Men in Tights died Tuesday night. He was 76 years old. He passed away peacefully at his home in Los Angeles Tuesday night after suffering a heart attack. According to his publicist, the comedian revealed last year that he had been living with Parkinson's disease. Lewis, best known for his dark and self-deprecating sense of humor. How will you remember Mr. Lewis, rock star. So as a young kid, uh, Richard Lewis was, I remember watching him. He's the one that he was just senile. He was always, and then at the tone of his jokes were always this, and then I'm going to have to go pack, and I'm going to go get this, get a toothbrush, and everything was just, every, he was overwhelmed. Um, I don't think he ever, he's ever been seen without wearing black. He's always in all black. And when I was a kid, I don't know the name of the movie. You can look it up. He was in a terrible um, Boy Scouts movie with Louis Anderson. Where they were as children, they were in Boy Scouts together, and Louis Anderson now the wrong guys, the wrong guys. He's fast forward. Uh, there's another comedian in there. He's on Law and Order. Forget his name. Always wears sunglasses. Uh, Richard Belzer. Richard Belzer's in yeah. it too. I remember watching that as a kid. It was a great, horrible, very film. obscure John, movie. John Goodman <laughs> is the the bad guy, which is crazy. But uh, I loved Richard Lewis, and uh, when he goes on Curb Your Enthusiasm and stuff like that, I was just such a huge fan because you can see the connection real-life friendship between him and Larry David because they've been friends since they were children. Not really acting. They're playing off each other in improv, and it's so cool to see that they're... You can see that they're trying to hide smiles when they're trying to outdo each other. And I was telling earlier today that I heard a Ron Bennington interview with Artie Lang, and he was asking... Artie Lang, who was a just a dirty stand-up comic, he was Howard Stern's comedian for forever in the chair, and um, he said, what comedian got you to do stand-up? doing what comedian he said well everybody's gonna think it's like red fox or richard pryor something like that but i enjoyed them but then one night i saw an hbo special with richard uh lewis and for some reason the way he did that i went from that day on i wanted to be a comedian the way he delivered and everything now my style is differently and i got to meet him later on down the road and everything but richard i wish i could have seen him live i don't know how, how often he toured in the past 15 20 years um but it's a sad thing to go but go see the wrong guys i'm sure it's fully on youtube <laughs> You can watch the full movie with Louis Anderson, Richard Belzer, and Richard Lewis. Larry David released a statement following the passing of his friend, and I thought it was a beautiful statement. He said, quote, Richard and I were born three days apart in the same hospital, and for most of my life, he's been like a brother to me. He had that rare combination of being the funniest person and also the sweetest. But today he made me sob, and for that, I'll never forgive him. Yeah, and I thought that was an incredible incredible quote to put out to commemorate his friend and the life in which he lived. John, how will you remember the contributions that Richard Lewis made in entertainment, especially on Curb Your Enthusiasm? Yeah, I really wasn't a big Richard Lewis guy until watching Curb, and I wasn't a big Seinfeld guy, but hearing uh, Lance talk about it all the time, Rocky talk about it, my wife talking about everything Larry David, it's like, okay, I'll watch Curb Your Enthusiasm, and I've watched it, and I love it, and every Sunday now watching the last season – where they just had him on. It was it. I can't. Was it this past episode? Or this episode before, where he did a whole thing about, hey, I'm I, Larry. I put you in my will, and Larry's like, I don't want to be in your will. I got plenty of money. And he's like, I'm gonna feel bad if you if you don't, you know, accept uh, <laughs> being in my will. And he's like, I'm just gonna give the money to charity. I, that's gonna make me feel bad. You're gonna be dead. I don't care. Like, it's an incredible. Like, 
like you said, it's an incredible back and forth that they could have just made the whole thing yeah. up probably uh, going back and forth on the golf course about it. But, uh, yeah, seeing him on there, that's what really kind of got me being a fan of his and uh, everything he did uh, working with Larry David and everybody on that show. Richard Lewis, uh, known for appearing on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson a lot throughout the 70s and 80s. Speaking of The Tonight Show, NBC planning to celebrate Jimmy Fallon with a two-year, sorry, a two-hour Two years would be a long time. time. It would be a long time. A two-hour anniversary show slated for 8 p.m. Central on Tuesday, May 14th. That special will stream the next day on Peacock. Uh, This is to celebrate 10 years of hosting The Tonight Show, which... It's only been 10 years? It feels like it's been... Yeah, it feels like forever. It it actually, to me, it feels like, wow, it's been 10 years already? That's the way I feel about it. I mean, I I like Fallon. I feel like probably more than most people do, but it seems like he's been doing it for. When was the Conan Leno stuff? I mean, twenty ten. Yeah, that seems like it was two thousand. That seems how long ago it was. But Conan's even off TV now. Yeah, I, mean, I know. Just, that's yeah. how long it's been. Oh, no, I well. was. Tell you, you want to talk about something I was supercharged about, and that was uh, <laughs> Leno taking that job back away from Conan. Conan didn't even get a chance. No, I, I to to make it. He out. got paid though. He oh he got paid yeah and it probably ended up, ended up being I think um, he's ended up better in a better place this the podcast yeah. thing like he is so much more creative and he says I love I love being able to talk long form with people instead of having I get three minutes with you throw it to commercial break ask for a cheesy story like it's just this is so much better than what I thought like back then he said he was super depressed because he lost the Tonight Show it's a dream job yeah and now he's like I think I would rather be doing this. Well, and he turned down so many offers to wait for that dream job of yeah. the Tonight Show. He wanted it so badly. Fox was interested in signing Conan, and Conan just was loyal to NBC, and it did not feel like that, that was returned that level of loyalty. But what's crazy about Conan? You're talking about Jimmy Fallon, but what's crazy? Conan was by far my favorite. But when he moved to TBS, I used to watch the le- not the Tonight Show when he, I used to love the Eleventh, the Late Night with Conan O'Brien. But when he moved to TBS. He was my choice out of all those hosts. I still never watched it, and that's what's crazy. Like I, like I, I love him. Yeah. I think Conan Conan's a huge influence on me, but I never watched his TBS show. It's just weird how that works. Where like I would fight for him, but do you watch him? No. The minute that happened, Conan with TBS, Fallon on NBC, and Kimmel. I don't remember when he started, but kind of putting him in in that group too. I won't put Colbert. It's kind of a different animal, but like that's when the rise of I can just watch the show on YouTube the next day really started yeah. and I know that's never factored in ratings and all they care about probably is ratings and revenue on the networks but like never before had late night been so consumable for somebody who like my parents used to watch Letterman they were Letterman people but like I never cared to watch it even though hey I like this actor or I like this musician or I like this comedian whoever's on it yeah. but that was when that phase hit and I think Conan did the best I think Valen did a good job too but I think Conan did the best of moving into the digital age with everything that he did now podcast being his main way of doing it. But I think Fallon did a good job of that too, really kind of cutting it down to bite-sized consumable pieces to where it made a broader audience for both Conan and Fallon. Well, here's here's my example of that, your attention span. Say if Letterman was on still today, you guys are huge fans of the band The Midnight. 11.30 tonight, Midnight is the musical guest. You know they're not going to go on till about 12.20 a.m. Are you watching the entire show? So the patience of like, Probably I don't not. care who... Hugh Laurie is the guest. I don't care. I'm going to wait. So that's that's the thing. It's just like people's patience with these YouTube things. You go directly to their performance and see exactly what you want to see. And that's what I want. What I want now. I'm not going. To, I don't want to watch a monologue. I don't want to watch a comedian. So it's just people's attention span is so short now. 
No, you're right. A little bit of trivia here. Who was the band that Fallon launched his Tonight Show tenure with in 2014 in a rooftop performance? Can you name the band back in 2014? 2014. Think about it. What's crazy is I know who did Conan's first late night show was. His first guest was Will Ferrell, and his musical guest was Pearl Jam. Uh, Jimmy Fallon, Rooftop, 2014. Springsteen. This band is a major plot point in the movie Taken. <laughs> I've never seen Taken. You've never seen Taken? No. Liam Neeson? I'm assuming it's not The Roots either. They're, by the way, they're talking about doing the Naked Gun series now oh, with Liam Neeson. That's, 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 that's going to happen. I saw that. He's just the right age. Well, Frank Drebin's old. I wonder if Norberg will come back. The answer was U2. U2. I was going to uh-huh. suggest yeah. I said U2 or Springsteen. That was it. That was it. Uh, you, too, can go to the same dentist as oh, me. No. That's Is that not a good segue? No, it's good. I was just thinking Oof. about something oh, to do today. I'm sorry about that. Um, yeah. Alabama Dental Associates. They're the best at what they do. They're available for you. I'm sorry for the awful segue, but they're awesome. Dr. Brian and Dr. Jeff, they've got a friendly staff. They greet you every single time with a level of enthusiasm that almost makes you feel like you're not at the dentist because who likes going to the dentist? I sure don't, or at least I didn't, but now I do. They take care of anything you may be going through. You got that toothache you've been putting off. Ah, my tooth, what do I do? Here's what you do. You call Alabama Dental Associates or you go to alabamadental.com. They will fix you up right. They've got flexible hours open until 7 o'clock Monday through Thursday. They've got Friday hours where they're open until 5. They're even open on the weekend there on Saturday from 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. Very flexible there. You can email them at info at aladental.com or call them 956-8977 located there on Grants Mill Road. That's Alabama Dental Associates. All right, so we've got that big Tonight Show celebration coming up in May. We've got a number of other things happening as well, including on Hulu on March 7th, we get the streaming debut of Poor Things, which was a movie that John and I both really enjoyed. It's got 11 Oscar nominations, and it's going to be out right before the actual Oscar broadcast. Do you recommend people who haven't seen Poor Things in theaters go to Hulu to watch it on March 7th? Poor Things is a hard ask of a lot of people. I feel like it's a very bizarre movie. Um, It's a very sexual movie as well, just be forewarned going into that. Um, But it was the top five of the year for me. I mean, it was incredible. Um, I I tried to say it's like Barbie on acid, trying to get along – uh, across some of the same messaging that Barbie really did. Really selling but, it, I think, to the general public. But uh, um, better than Barbie to me. Um, but no, Emma Stone's great. I think she's the best actress this year. I think Mark, Mark Ruffalo is in the conversation for best supporting actor this year, um, even over Robert Downey Jr. and Ryan Gosling. But um, no, it's a great movie. And Yorgos Lanthimos, I guess is how you say it, um, I didn't like the favorite, but I love the lobster, and this is his next entry. So overall, he's done pretty good. Um, so I, I would recommend it, it, it. It's a rift on uh, Frankenstein's story, but mm. it's really, really good, really high quality, really darkly funny, darkly funny. And if you can deal with that level of sensibility, then you're going to enjoy it there with Poor Things on Hulu March 7th. Another movie coming out in March on Hulu with making its streaming debut, Anatomy of a Fall. Five Oscar nominations for this one, but not Best International Feature, John. How would you describe 
the reasoning behind why Anatomy of a Fall, a French movie, is not up for Best International Feature, but is up for Best Picture. Um, because France did not put it up. It is a French film. It's probably 40% English, 60% French in the, the language in it, but uh, stars Sandra Hewler, who was in The Zone of Interest, one of the main characters in that, and also the main character in Anatomy of a Fall. I loved it. It's actually not my number six. Poor Things is number five. Anatomy of the Fall is number six for me. I think it'll win Best Screenplay, and that's it. But France didn't put it up. They put another movie up instead. The way the Oscars works is every country has to put a movie up from that country. And I think Zone of Interest is actually UK. It is the, the that UK is film. correct. Um, it was a, a collaboration between the United States, United Kingdom, and Poland, I believe. Um, obviously, it's German because it's a, about uh, concentration camps. But, yeah, it's, it wasn't put up, so it's not for Best International Film. Is Your, is your movie's not... Your uh, Promised Land movie is not up. Is no, it? it's not. Um, it was the selection for whatever, I, Denmark or whatever country it's in. But it isn't a snooty awards film. It is just a really good film, The Promised Land. Check it out. Um, that's what I call Godzilla Minus One, which also can't be nominated because that's not what Japan chose. <laughs> so it's another movie. I mean, yeah. it's nominated for a visual Oscar, but like that's one that I, I kind of thought like it could potentially because the hype train behind it and everything, it could potentially, but it's not the Japanese it, film. It feels like there are a lot of locks going into this year's Oscars broadcast, and we'll break down every one of those categories at some point coming up. But Best International Feature for Zone of Interest will is a lock. be a lock. All right, that's going to do it here for this edition of The Meltdown. Don't forget on all of our socials to be looking for that Dune Part 2 out of the theater reaction, which will be happening late tonight. Maybe you can check it tomorrow morning before another live show. We'll have a non-spoiler review of that film and the experience, and we'll get the answers to this question that we all have. Will Tyler be able to secure a Dune popcorn bucket? That is going to be... A heck of a story to get a conclusion on. We appreciate my bookie, our title sponsor, here in the Culver Studios, signing off for the Meltdown.